I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and we're nothing. We're dreams and bones. And my name is Colin Drucker, and she eats here, she poops here, she might even poop on the graves. Oh, well, which, what yeah. a movie, what a film. Yeah, you know, from those two quotes, you pretty much have the synopsis of what 2005's Nine Lives is about. <laughs> yeah, but I I was thinking before we like started to record too, I feel like all those movies, this is like, a, it's sort of along the lines of all those movies that were like, there was that huge wave of like movies like Love Actually and all of those stupid like, New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. movies Mm -hmm. and like Valentine's Day, those like huge ensemble movies that would get like A-list people. And I wonder if it was just like a fun project for them and they got to just like work with their friends. Like it's just interesting to me that so many people were into that because it was such a trend. And this is like a branch of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. it's. I mean, I feel like whereas, you know, those big, you know, uh, fluffy ensemble movies were these kind of like big paperback novels of, of, you know, with, with big casts of interconnected characters. And this is like a short, uh, a collection of short stories that has, characters from one popping up in the other but there's still kind of like a distinct break they they feel like distinct narratives that are only really connected by like oh my god she was at the funeral yeah i i kind of liked it though like i think it was like just enough of that sort of overlap it, it worked in a way i i, I kind of wanted maybe like a little bit more but maybe that's just me again thinking about those other movies where there is some big like ending or it all makes Mm -hmm. sense and all this stuff and everyone really starts to overlap and I thought it was this like sort of crescendo that was going towards that but it kind of doesn't I mean it's there are more cameos the further you get along for sure right Um, right but it definitely mm -hmm. is not building up to anything yeah I mean like the last story those two characters have nothing to do with anybody else and so oh yeah um, there's really no resolution and I I kind of appreciated each of them as like a short film that like, yeah, each of them left me wanting more. And in a way that I equally was like, oh, God, I wish this went on for 20 more minutes. But also like, oh, I love that you cut me off here, you know? Yes, I do have favorites and least favorites for sure. I didn't really hate any of them, these vignettes too, but there were some that I was like really into and some of them, fr- frankly, they were stressful. Yeah. <laughs> they were stressful to watch. Mm-hmm. I was, especially even like the first one and even like, I was just so nervous for Amy Brenneman at that funeral. Yeah. And just letting you know, which is later on. I mean, we'll talk about it too, but a lot of... um 
it's not high stakes situations. It's not like an action movie, but emotionally taxing as well too. And I, I was kind of glad that I knew that it was going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did love the way, like you were saying too, like where they would leave off. Right, right. Um, like, with each of these. Yeah, yeah, that like that final little cut. Um, so yeah, I agree. I have, like I've, I think the first time I saw this movie was, I mean, I guess I was in college and I have no idea how I heard about it. I have no idea how it came into my, like my atmosphere, but thank God. And I've just kind of always loved it, but I've always loved like, 60% of it and then I've liked 40% of it you know but like if I were to rewatch this there's probably ones that I would and ones that I have skipped and ones that I've rewatched repeatedly yeah I'd be interested on a, re- a rewatch but do you I mean you said it's been a while since you'd watched do you remember being super fond of a scene that you're like, oh, this wasn't, this isn't as magical as I thought it was. We'll call it the big fish syndrome. Oh, you know sure. I mean? <laughs> you know, I think actually, like, it was that the some of the ones that I would glaze over and not really give as much energy to, I found on this watch, I was like, oh, okay. I, I still think these are kind of like the lesser players in the mix, but I see some nuances that I haven't been appreciating before. But, you know, I mean, like, nice. I you know without without jumping to it too quickly the holly story will always be and was always the one that just knocked my shoes right off my feet and like i still just blows me away but like she's got stiff competition it's true holly packs a punch yeah i was very stressed out during that one and also uh, yeah i can't wait to talk about it do you want to just like like go through each one by one. I yeah. guess is that is that what the plan was? I think that we can. I think that makes think sense. That'd be perfect. Uh, and just to kind of uh, orient anybody who is like, well, what are you guys talking about? So nine lives, not yeah. to be confused with some movie from like 2016. I know it's about a cat <laughs> with like Kevin Spacey. Um, there is yeah, no something. no Kevin Spacey in this. This was from 2005, written and directed by Rodrigo Garcia, and we could do a month of Rodrigo Garcia. This guy. Oh, he, there's two other movies of his that I really love. One is called Ten Tiny Love Stories, and it's just ten monologues. It's just a woman sitting in front of the camera doing a monologue and has a similar kind oh, of structure. Oh, it's so good. I think it's on YouTube. And um, some of these same actresses are in that as well, uh, including the woman who plays Holly. And that's also my favorite story in the bunch. Um, so Ten Tiny Love Stories is great. There's another one called Things You Can Tell Just By Looking At Her. Uh, which I know Glenn Close is in as well, and Cameron Diaz is in that, and Holly Hunter. Um, Cam- yeah, and so he just like, you know, there's another movie called Father or Mother and Daughter, Mother and Child, I think, with Annette Benning, I believe. Uh, he oh. was very involved in the show in Treatment. Um, yeah, he is uh, just a, potentially a queen. He's a queen in my heart. And so... Yeah. Um, nine lives is it's nine different, somewhat interconnected stories um, of nine different women. And each of the stories, you know, is about 10 to 12 minutes long and is all one continuous take. And this is with a camera going through a prison, through a funeral. You know, there, some scenes stay pretty still. Some you're like going through a supermarket. And um, and it, it it's not just to me, it wasn't distracting at all. If anything, it kind of just like gave me a deeper appreciation of of what was happening because it wasn't cutting away. You are blowing my mind right now because I did not even notice that they were all in one take. The only one I probably 
was thinking about a little bit was the Glenn Close and the Dakota Fanning. I almost said Dakota Johnson. We love Dakota. I wish, yeah. Um, I didn't know it was one take. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of the the one of the conceits of the movie is that each of these is a continuous take. Oh my god. Right. And so like. Oh my god. Of course. Oh my god. Of course. <laughs> and so some of them, it's just like. Like the, you know, obviously we're going to talk about each of them, but like, you know, the Diane story, Diana story, it's like they weave through that entire supermarket in one take. I love that. Yeah. I, it's like totally changed my, not not like my mind, but like my perspective on it as far as like, I, I really liked this first of all, like, and like I said, I have some that I preferred over others too, but like in general, I love the idea of this. There's so, this is like a star-studded cast. Yes, like the names we're gonna mention is just so exciting. But I'm, it's it's only like being elevated by the fact that I now know these were all single takes. That is that's awesome. Yeah, and it's so worth the rewatch. I mean, especially the ones you you like the most because there's just so much going on. But let's mm-hmm. let's go into them. Let's dive in. Um, so yes. The first story is Sandra, who is a woman played by, and I'm like, was searching for how to pronounce her last name correctly, and so, because I've always said it wrong in my head, but I believe it's Elpidia Cadillo? It's double R, double L? Carillo, Carillo. So, call her Sandra for the purpose of this, but I... LP. LP, LP. Um... She is. I had most. I I had recognized her previous to this as the only woman in the movie Predator, and so yes, which was obviously very important. I would have never seen Predator if LP wasn't in it. And so, if you've ever heard the quote of of him going "Get to the chopper," it's him telling her character to run to the chopper. Oh, I didn't even know that quote was from Predator. Oh yeah, well I've never seen. There you go. Surprise, 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 surprise. Uh, And so she plays this woman in prison, and um, I I'll say right off the bat, this has always been one of my favorites. Oh God, I mean, it's so good, and so I mean, I. I don't know why. I mean, it would stress anyone else out, I guess, too. But, like, prison scenes just, like, really stress me out. Yep. I've never watched Orange is the New Black. Maybe partially for that reason. And I know it's incredible. Um, but I'm I'm one of the few that haven't. Did you Did you do it? I, I watched, I think, Black? like, the first two or three seasons. And then I think gotcha. it got a little too nuts for me. And, of course, you know, no conversation about Orange is the New Black can be had without mentioning that, like, the only way to watch it is if you skip the intro <laughs> because I, it's just too much. I don't even know it. Oh, I, 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 but I'm, I'm excited. Maybe not excited to yeah. hear it. I'll say this. I'll listen to it. I, I think I really enjoyed the first season. I, I almost feel like that would be worth a watch, but I think it, it, it starts to veer at a certain point, but I do remember really being into the first season. Nice. So. Yeah, I think that's kind of the general consensus is like it had a really strong start. That that show blew up. Yeah, yeah. But then I just got I just felt like it got super scattered. Yeah. But, um, I hear you. Prison scenes, prison movies, prison shows. Like there is that stress. Like I I feel like oh god, I would be I'd be I'd be a church mouse in prison. I just I just try to be so good that they'd let me go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. And you're rooting for Sandra to kind of, you know, it's kind of. At the beginning, that's sort of what she her mo is. She's like, I I need to get out of here. I'm gonna like. She takes an extra shift, you know. But then, 
she's still like wrapped up in all the drama. Right, right, because there's the um, the sheriff played by Miguel Sandoval, who will appear later. Um, who who's is, been in everything? Yeah, everything. very familiar. Like I couldn't name a thing I've seen him in, but I yep. I was like, oh, I know him. I've seen him before, like a Philip Bosco type. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I I I thought he was I thought he was really good in this. Oh, he was in. He's really good. Oh, he was in Jurassic Park apparently, which I just saw recently. Um, the OG. He was okay. in the OG Jurassic Park. So uh, good for him. Well, one of these days we'll cross paths with him again. But yeah, we yeah. see him trying to like ply her for information. And, and you realize that like, that's what I love about this movie is they pack so much world into each of these little stories. And I feel mm-hmm. like for Sandra, it's like, God, yeah, she's fucked. Because it's like if she rats out what happened in the infirmary, she could get her ass kicked. But if she rats out, maybe he'll help her get released. But she doesn't like what we also see is that like none of these officers treat her with like consistent kindness or respect. And like she loses it very quickly. Yeah. You know, even that one. I feel like that one female guard was like probably the most sympathetic. But even by the end, she's the one who's got to restrain her. So like she I really know. doesn't have any allies in there. And it's just it's yeah, it's so stressful. I do love this is one of my favorite like. She's the lady from this. Uh, is her name K. Callan? Yeah. I just had the letter K. Was it K? Yep. But it's just the letter she K. She plays uh, Marisa or Marissa, but she's the she's the old lady from Knives Out, which I love because I love that lady in Knives Out. She doesn't say anything. Oh yeah, that's right. She is in that, and I feel like she's someone who's been in everything. I've seen this name before. Um, yeah. Yeah. They have this little weird interaction where I, I feel like you know she's clearly you know an older woman who's you know been in prison for a while and i love this scene because we this is where we really see this amazing transition with sandra where they're talking and like you know at first you know marissa's like oh i have a daughter named sandra how old are you and you know kind of trying to connect with her and we and at this point we've seen sandra being really quiet and really like subdued and then Marissa starts to say to her something like, you know, if I can give you a piece of advice and then Sandra turns and there's just like venom and she's like, you know, something about like how, you know, how disgusting a woman your age in prison. It's, it's, it's disgusting. I don't need your advice. Like, and you just see like, oh God, this woman is pissed and is also like, I am not going to be you. I am not going to be here and be an old lady in prison. I know. But until then, just like, nod and smile you know, right as soon as right I was, like, I was like don't say that to her she's gonna like shank you the moment right. you turn around and it's such a tight shot when she does turn around that i thought that lady was gonna fly off that look like she was in a laundromat or something you know what right I mean? right the counter yeah i oh my gosh i was just like just just behave i wanted to control the situation so much and uh, right. i couldn't no so I was stressed uh and then she has visitors. Her daughter is there to visit with her. And I mean, this, I've, I've, this is what I love the most about this is least levels of roar from Sandra when the phone isn't yeah. working. And it's like this building tension that, of course, you know, isn't cutting because it's, you know, it's just the one shot. So it's just like, it's not working. This isn't working. And she's like, and you're just, you can see the anger. And then, like, finally they're like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. And, you know, the visiting hour ends in five minutes. And, she just loses it. She's like, I want to know why. I, I always hear yes. that. It's like such a rattle in my head. And oh God, it's just so, it's so intense and so emotional. 
And she just wouldn't calm down again. I was just like, it's okay. And I was like, well, I thought she had her, like to tell, besides the fact that she wants to talk to her daughter, um, like was she supposed to tell her something important? Like it seemed like the stakes were that mm-hmm. high. Like, right. S- she had to tell her one thing, even though that was just like something I came up with in my head. But I do love the sort of, um, I feel like we can add it to our list of like, you know, uh, kitchen acting is um, like prison holding a phone talking through glass acting yeah you know what i mean uh-huh. i don't know what that thing is called like the visitation right glass. The, yeah what is that called? i don't know i don't <laughs> know what the formal term is for that but yeah that it's a version of phone acting i guess but uh yeah it's a branch um and I've, i'm trying to think i, I okay go ahead. oh no i was just gonna say i i i like that in this scene like that happens but then and and there's no like translation on the screen but there's like that moment where she's speaking spanish with the sheriff yes. and like is appealing to him and it's like i don't even need to know what she's saying i just know that it's like you know please let me just say one thing you know and mm-hmm. uh and you think okay oh good she's gonna get a chance to just say something to her and just say goodbye and like you know uh and and you're like okay this will be okay this will be fine she's she's out of the woods she had a little bit of outburst it's fine and then you know she sort of kisses her daughter, but you could buy between the glass. And then it's just the the face as she just starts slamming the phone on the table and screaming. I like it's so <laughs> good. It is so fucking yeah. good. It's it's some of the best acting in the movie. Yeah, these first two. I mean, I mean, really, the first. I, there's so many. Yeah, I agree. I was very happy when it was over, and I think like. I could go back and watch this one again. I think it's available, I mean, for free if you live in the States on Tubi, right? Yeah. That's, that's how I watched it. So yeah. just throwing that out there. Um, but I would love to go back and watch this. Now knowing what I I was just waiting for something crazy to happen. Mm-hmm. And that was, that. Was, I mean, even though this, like everything we're describing was very emotional and like the scene was very crazy and frantic, but um Nothing, you know, she never got, like, injured or, like, attacked or anything. Yeah. She just got, like, restrained. Right. It's just, like, a glimpse into this moment. But, like, it's almost like in some ways, like, just as something's about to happen or or just after something has happened is when the scene ends. You know, it's, like, it's just... Mm -hmm. uh, And I love that, that it's, like, the story is about the 10 minutes before something just happens or, you know, like, it's... Yeah, it doesn't end where you expect it to or tell you everything you want it to. Yeah. It was awesome. And then that brings us to uh, quite a shift to the, the this Bel Air supermarket, because um, next is Diana, right? Yes, played by Robin Wright. Played by Robin Wright. And so I'm curious, because I, 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 for me, like I'm with you, like seeing a prison as the setting of something, it's like, oh man, like the stress level sets in. Seeing a supermarket as the setting, I'm like, oh. <gasps> I'm home. Did like what was? It was so nice, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I loved. I feel like this was like, I don't know, seven forty-five, seven thirty on a weeknight, and they close at like nine. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. it's like the perfect time to go. I do think there's something therapeutic about going to the grocery store, like when you actually want to and have the time to do it. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, going up every aisle, mm-hmm. especially if it's a new store. But yeah, this definitely, it was like a, it was like an Alka-Seltzer after that first scene, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm settled now. Now I'm just like pushing a cart with a pregnant Robin Wright through a little local supermarket. 
and who should appear but Prince Jason Isaacs. <laughs> Honestly, I gasped and then I was just so enamored with him and like I he's so handsome and such a like a hot dad but like sort of like he kind of has like dad bod but kind of not you know like I feel like he has like good arms and I am so into him I love him well, I, I, I mean, as Damien as Damien uh, you know and it's so interesting because I was like man where have I just seen Jason Isaacs but of course he was in mass yes and yes. so in a way I feel like the Jason, like, if we stay in the world of mass, like, that, the character he plays in that movie has just been, he's like a hot guy who's just been worn down by grief. And I feel like before everything that happened in mass happened, he looked like Damien. Obviously he did because he's Jason Isaacs. But you know what I mean? Like, I in the world of mass, I can see what that character looked like before tragedy. Oh, yeah. I love that idea. I would love if this, like, if this was with, like, um... Martha Plimpton instead of oh Robin my God. I think I would have levitated off the bed. <laughs> oh I, my God. I would have had to have called you. I yeah. would have called, I would have pressed pause and be like, do you know? Um, I know. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I I really like this scene a lot. This might be one of my favorites mm-hmm. like in my top three. I, I think they have great chemistry, especially Robin Wright. Like just, f- they, they tell you so, m- even though they, again, it's like, they're telling you so much without telling you and you know and they do kind of talk about their past a little bit so it fills in some of those blanks that you're kind of wondering about um but oh man this sort of like cat and mouse not really like chasing but like the end was so good when she was looking for him yeah so this in this one they are clearly um you know we're in a relationship in the past you know however many years ago he's now remarried she's remarried she's significantly pregnant and, you know, it, it, I feel like it's, you know, it, it starts as this kind of like any interaction of like, oh my God, running into your ex. Oh my God, how are you? And you, and you know, th- there's a little bit of like small talk and whatnot. And then it's just like, I think he says, you know, like, I still think about you all the time. And I love that she mm-hmm. like, it, like that just sets everything off. And, you know, uh, at one point they're, they're talking about each other's spouses and she says like, um, he asks what her husband's name is, and she's like, if I tell you his name, I won't know if I'm coming or going. You know, like, it, it'll all just... I love that, like, suddenly everything got really precarious in a supermarket, and then he, like, helps her pick out the wine, and then that just, like... You know what I mean? Like, that moment is is what pretty much, like, sends everything akimbo, you know? Yeah, it's like... the she was sort of just like transported back to when they were together because yeah. it's such a mundane sort of thing. It's like, they're just getting groceries to cook dinner on a Friday night. You know, it's just, I, uh, I just love so much of this. I, I think like, I love the idea of really, he's sort of on board from the beginning. You know, he mm-hmm. starts out by saying like what you said, like I think about you and she, I don't know what line she has, but it's almost like, Something to the effect of like, what am I supposed to do with that? Right, you know what I mean. Right. Like, but she never gets angry. It's just like, you, let's be adults here. Like, we can't do this. And I love the way she walks around aimlessly after like the very first moment she sees him. Mm-hmm. After they sort of say their initial goodbye, because I'm like that in a supermarket. I'm like when I'm running into my old flames. <laughs> For sure, yeah. <laughs> um, when I or when I like, you know, when you see someone 
that you weren't expecting to see, there's always like that. You have to like recalibrate. Yep. You're like, where was I going? Oh yeah, the garlic bread. Right, right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, to kind of see her make those decisions and to watch her, but you're kind of like rooting for them in a weird way because you don't know their husbands or you know like her husband or his wife. You know, you're kind of just they're so charming together. You're like. I, I kind of hope this works out in a way. Right. Like, as he says, like, they're Diana and Damien. Like, you get that impression of, like, oh, yeah, they were, like, a power couple at one point. Like, they were, like, a couple that was, like, oh, yeah, invite Diana and Damien. Or, or maybe it was Damien and Diana. That feel like that has an easier, ri- like, rhythm to it. Damien and Diana. Yes. Um, yep. and And you can see how, yeah, that they were, like, especially, like, yeah, in that moment where he's, like, picking out the wine for her. I love that choice of her watching him like look for the white wine next and she just it just like comes over her like oh my god i'm i, I it's 10 years ago what's going on like I, I you know whose baby am i pregnant with you know and i think that's i feel like that's very accurate of like it's moments like that it's less of like somebody saying i still think about you and more of like being transported either back to a different time or into like an alternate reality. Like suddenly it's like everything everywhere all at once. And this is the narrative where you stay together. Yeah. And there's just, I don't know. I love that they're in a grocery store. I love that it's this sort of like safe space that like they could be spotted together, but like nothing's really, they're not doing anything wrong, but they're also Mm -hmm. free to have these conversations and you see them kind of connect a little bit more and you're wondering if like, are they going to go fuck in the car? You know what I mean? Right. And I'm glad that none of that really happened because like near the end, it's, I, I think she finally just says like, no, right. Is that like, is that the wine situation? And then he leaves. Am I piecing it together? It's, yeah. it's sort of foggy. They're like, their last interaction is, I think they say goodbye and then she kind of comes back, you know, they kind of reconnect with each other by the like, you know, deli aisle and he um, kisses her belly. And then I feel that like that was a choice. That was a choice. <laughs> was like, That's- that's weird. Yeah. But, yeah. but I felt like that was like the full picture of like, this is the world we could have had because we find out in the scene that he's sterile and can't have children. And yeah. so this is this completely alternate fantasy of like, we're together and you're carrying my child and none of that is possible. And then he leaves. And then, yeah, it's that just great last moment of her last few moments of her, you know, pushing the cart. I think that we even see her like shop a full aisle before like the emotions catch up with her and she like starts to look for him and then abandons the cart like in the last like in the soda aisle and starts to cry as she's like looking for him and then it's like it's like he was never there i mean it's when you think about especially the last story with glenn close it's almost like huh was he ever there i know i know so and I you know what I've never thought That's about so that till good. right now that what if Damien I know yeah. except we know he's not because he's in the Sonia story. That's right. Um, but I love it on its own. Like what if all of that was. Um, yeah, that would have been even better. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and so that brings us to the Holly story. Da Bell of Da Ball. Da Bell of Da Ball. Lisa Gay Hamilton, who I am not familiar with she is in i think i said this before she is in 10 tiny love stories um but i there was a show that she was on as well i want to say like i don't want to say la law but she was in something oh the practice she was in the practice the practice which is a show i can't tell you anything out about at all except lisa gay hamilton was in it apparently sure yeah um, i remember it being on yeah it was a show that was on um but this this is almost like beatrice Strait 
winning an Oscar in six minutes. Like, this is winning an Oscar in ten minutes. This is insane. Yeah. I I think what derailed me from all this, because this is one I definitely want to go back and watch, is that I didn't know why she was so, uh, you know, unhinged, really. Like, it's like she was like a ticking time bomb and I was like why does she have to keep the front door open why is she so crazy why is she like sobbing uncontrollably like it is again like you said it's like Beatrice straight she's giving every single thing you could ever want like to be like in that role too but like also as a viewer and then you, you finally realize it but that's the beauty of it too is you don't know what's going on until you do and it is a big matzo ball. Yeah, and I've watched this scene probably like 20 times. Like I not just today, <laughs> but like so many times that like the narrative now makes a lot of sense of what's going on. But even like when I you know, I think like there were elements of it I didn't quite understand for a while and it was like art you know, and maybe didn't want to because it's like a really grim story that like you know, she gets to the house and her her younger sister uh Vanessa is there played by Sydney Poitier's granddaughter yeah. or is her his granddaughter or, put, or daughter I, I think i looked up daughter, daughter yeah. of Sydney. um so i thought oh that's a, that's a fun connection i've never seen her in anything before um and yeah she showed holly shows up almost at a 27 let's say she's probably at a 17 and you know tells her sister to call their father and yeah you start to piece together that like oh he definitely abused holly and uh who knows what else was going on in the house and um who knows to whatever has gone on with Vanessa. She does say at one point, like, oh, he's courting you. And I've never really understood if that meant that he was, like, grooming her or he was courting her mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, see things my way, like, you know, be my yeah. ally, you know? Uh, but either way, that sense of, like, oh, he's he's got his hooks in you. And, yeah, she just, like, oh, my God. It, it's so much hand acting it is such phenomenal hand acting those <laughs> hands are just she snaps she snaps snap, snap. you know wave like waving a paw away uh you know when when vanessa's like oh should i close the door she's like no just you know you know just like flaps her hands kind of in the air as like no no no, no just don't you know or or yes. you know don't ask about things you don't know about and like paws her away and it's such good hand acting <laughs> I can't wait to go back and rewatch this now because I feel like, again, my level of trying to figure out the puzzle, like, kind of distracted me from everything that you picked up on, of course, after watching it multiple times, yeah, too. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this. The, yeah, the things I feel like that I, that to watch, I mean, obviously, everything to look out for, but I... um I mean, when she, the scene where she goes outside and goes in the backyard and, and is just oh. on the swing. What I, I loved yes. about that was like, because the camera doesn't move and there's no cuts, it's kind of up to her as an actress to kind of do the scene very far away from the camera, having a moment and then decide to come back in. And it was just so cool of like, wow, we're like, this is all on her right now, you know? Um, and there was something about it being like far away that it was like, I don't know, I... It was just something that that stood out to me that like we weren't going to have a close up moment of her on her, you know, on her swing in the backyard. We were going to like watch it from the distance and like thinking about what was that like as an actress to like do that scene. You know what I mean? Like 40 feet away from the camera, you know? Yeah. And you're kind of like setting the tempo. It's like whenever you decide that you're done playing on the swing is when you could come back. You don't have any dialogue with anyone. It's just sort of this moment. Yeah. And again, 
like a bozo. I didn't know that these were all single takes. So yes, of course, that's really interesting to think about. Yeah, and then, you know, at the end of that scene, we discover that the sheriff from Sandra's story is their father, and he arrives. I gasped. Yeah, I, yeah, it's such a great reveal. And then he arrives, and, you know, Holly, you know, sends Vanessa away. And um, at first, it seems like she's going to, you know, she holds the gun to her temple, and then she holds the gun to him, and then she puts it in her mouth, and then she starts to, then she pulls it out. And there's just this, like, moment of, like, like you don't know if she's decided, you know what, I'm not going to do it or she's going to kill him. Like you don't know how it's going to end. Yeah. And I think I, fi- I'm trying to think of like, it's, it's so intense too. I think I had to like look away. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. didn't know. Yeah. And I figured that they wouldn't show anything if something did happen. Like I didn't expect to hear a gunshot, but I, I just the stress of that. I, yeah, I just didn't, I think I knew that she was going to bring harm to her father I just didn't know, like, I didn't think she had a gun. I thought she was just going to, like, yell at him or something. I don't know. I don't know what I expected, but it was not that, but in the best way possible. Uh, It's, yeah, definitely revisit this one. It's so, so good. And, I mean, like, also, just the one other nuance is the way that she cries against that door, like, in the bedroom. (gasps) I was just going to say that. Oh, like, oh. It's like she's trying to climb the door. Trying to. Her legs, it's like she's in pain. Yeah. Oh, it's so that, I've always thought about that. And then her back's to the camera, and I still just feel like I get all of the emotion of the way that, yeah, she's, like, she pushes the door closed and then yeah it's like she's trying to climb it and is like sobbing like just ugly crying into it this is not i don't know how you perform that like it was just so guttural um oh she's so good and then to continue to do more scene in one take and then to continue the doing the scene it's just nuts well that then takes us to i believe sonia uh with starring holly hunter which i'm gonna say up front is not one of my favorites same. Yeah. I think this is the one that I I was excited though because I love Holly Hunter and um, Stephen Delane who played Leonard Wolf. Yes. In the hours. Yes. I was like, oh Leonard. Oh Leonard. Yes. Oh my God! I didn't even put that together. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and also in this scene is um, obviously Jason Isaacs reappears as Damien and Molly Parker who was in uh, Pieces of a Woman who played the midwife or the yeah, midwife. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Um, I just wrote down she was from Deadwood. <laughs> oh. I, didn't look, I didn't look all the way to pieces of a, of a woman. Wow, okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, an alum. And Holly Hunter, I don't know if we've talked about her before on this podcast. I don't think so. I don't think we have. No. Um, it's, you know, especially coming off of Lisa Gay Hamilton, it, like, Holly Hunter's performance, it, like, it's just such a shift. And the narrative is so different it's like a very downbeat version of like who's afraid of virginia wolf yes you know uh yeah they're like visiting their friends turned out to be damien and his wife lisa uh at their new apartment and i've always just felt like these scenes like there's kind of just like a languid like there's no like it does it didn't feel like there was a lot of like heat in these scenes i always just felt like it kind of moved at a sluggish pace yeah, it seemed like there was like a part two of this that we never got to. It's like mm-hmm. it's I, I do I have to mention like Holly Hunter's like two thousand five spiky updo, you know oh, what I mean? Yes. Like it's just like so of the time. She looked great. And but I did love like speaking of like just Easter eggs from earlier scenes too, like knowing 
we know that Damien is impotent, but there's like a line about them, like um, Damien and Lisa, like having kids or something. And they kind of just look at each other and it's mm-hmm. like, Ooh, that's, that stings. Yeah. Martin talking about them having the abortion and like that we'd made the agreement yes. to not have kids. And then, you know, we slipped up and we got pregnant and like, yeah, we, and, and it was one of those, that was something that I never really fully appreciated. I think until this time of like, Oh yeah, we've already know what this means to Lisa and Damien. And I liked that it, mm-hmm. and we see this in a couple of the stories that even the supporting, cause everyone is a supporting character in this movie, you know, like everyone's a potential yeah. BSA, but then the supporting characters within each story even have their own narrative sometimes. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know why this one just didn't feel like it took off for me. Same. I don't know. You know, I've always liked the moment at the end when she knocked, when she whacks over his champagne glass, that's always stuck yes. with me. Um, but uh, and and I like the kind of like weird beat where it ends, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this has always been a lesser story for me. Yeah, this is like a I think a skip, but I like the people in it. Yeah. Well, then let's go to the next one. The next one is um, Samantha. Is that Samantha? Samantha. Samantha starring Amanda Seyfried. Also, not one of my favorites. I I find this one weirdly frustrating. Yeah, I. I think Amanda Seyfried is really good in it. She's like fresh off of Mean Girls. I do. Th- it's so interesting now that she's like you know an Oscar nominee for Mank, You're right. the movie that I barely got through. Um, I don't think I ever finished it. Did I finish it? Spank is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Her dad is her dad. Larry is played by Ian McShane, another Deadwood actor. That's right. And and Ruth is played by Sissy Spacek, and it's just. I get what's going on. I think I was annoyed by her having to like go in between the rooms. I think, this, um, yeah, the structure. And I was like, just talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. The structure of this one is a little frustrating because it's like, yeah, they're all in the house. Ian McShane's character, Larry, I I couldn't gather if he had some kind of like degenerative like disease, like a or a cerebral palsy, or it was a car accident or yeah, something. Yeah, ALS or something, yeah. Right, ALS, yeah, and so, but he's in a wheel, in motorized wheelchair, and, like, has lost definitely, like, use of, you know, his legs and his arm, one of his arms, um, and so, uh, you know, Ruth is his wife, and, and uh, Samantha is their daughter, who is, like, senior in college, could be going off to, senior in high school, could be going, going off to college, but is sticking around to help out with her parents. And the whole scene is just her bouncing between him and her and being like, what's your mother talking about? What's your father talking about? What's your mother saying? And it's like, oh, I, yeah, it's like, oh, God, enough. And I, I've always, like, yeah, I've always found this so, such an aggravating, like, you just can't get any, like, you can't settle into this scene at all. But, like, maybe that's also part of it. Like, this is what Samantha's life is like, is you just can't relax for a minute, you know? Yeah, it almost seemed like if maybe he, if he if he didn't have that diagnosis, that that they would have been divorced. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this could have happened like right on the ver- like the precipice of that or something like that. Like, and I don't know if I would have wanted like Sissy Spacek to say that to you know her daughter. You know, like I was going to divorce your dad, and but it would have added some texture, I think, it, it, because it just seemed like she was playing referee for both of them, who probably just mutually. You know, they know they have to be together because, like, if Ruth left, it would be shitty. And, like, I'm sure he doesn't want to burden her, but he also needs someone to take care of him. And Samantha, the daughter, is just kind of 
she's like the definition, literally, of the girl who stayed home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's the daughter, the girl who stayed home, the sister who stayed home. It makes yeah. I mean, I didn't get the impression there were any other like kids, and but that's an interesting idea of like, oh, is she? Yes, is she only child. the only child? Is there an older sibling who doesn't come home? Um, you know, and we don't really ever have a sense of that. But uh, yeah, this one is is definitely uh, a, a lesser one, you know. And then I feel like towards the end, that moment of her sitting on the bed was like, I, I liked that we got to kind of see a break from her being like, I'm fine. It's fine, baby. I'm fine. Like she just has, she has this like, this thing with her with her dad in particular they have this like way of talking to each other and it didn't i didn't really buy it all the time you know what i mean like sure i got that we were supposed to be seeing that they have a banter but um it was just like a little performative but um yeah yeah i it's it's kind of like middle of the road for me i think yep yeah, I find yeah. of the interconnected stories, you know, th- th- this is one of the narratives I'm less attached to. Uh, but then where we see some more parallels is uh, in the Lorna story next, which is the mm-hmm. one starring Amy Brenneman, uh, co-star of Judging Amy with One Tine Daily. Just thought we should mention that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Mary Kay Place we uh, have in this scene, too, as finally. her mother. And is this... Dr. Alma Wyatt. Is this our first Mary Kay Place? I want to say yes, but I do feel like there's... I mean, I feel like there's been some mention of her, at least. But, like, have we done a Mary Kay Place movie where she wasn't as... You know, was was she not out front in the spotlight? Well, you know, I got to tell you, you know what movie we'd have to do in order to have Mary Kay Place in the spotlight? What? The movie Diane. (laughs) (laughs) Movie Diane. She stars in Diane. Actually, that movie, it is, it's, it's not a fun movie, but it does have a lot of older lady acting. I mean, it's like Lady Watch bait. So you, have you seen it then? I have. I have seen it a while ago, but it's got, I mean... Uh, well, Jake Lacey, I feel like we from White Lotus, we love him. We love Jake. Estelle yeah. Parsons, Andrea Martin, Deidre O'Connell, who just won the Tony. Um, oh, yes. So, yeah, there's a Phyllis Somerville who's been in a bunch of things. Celia Keenan Bolger's in it. We love Celia. Yeah. Uh, so what is pancakes. It? What was her podcast? Sunday Pancakes. Yeah, Sunday Pancakes. <laughs> you, yeah. What is her podcast? So, that might be a thing to consider at some point is when do we want to do the movie, Diane? Ugh, I love that. I don't okay. know if it's going to be I'm fun, excited. but it is an hour and 35 minutes. So how bad could it be? Um, Ooh, but it would. That bumps that up the list. It does bump it up, but it would give us significant Mary Kay place, which I think is. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. she was in. I don't think she was in any of the episodes of Getting On that we did. I don't remember, but that's. Oh, we did do Getting okay. On. So she may have popped up in that. And then there's this movie that maybe one time we'll do. It's called Last Weekend and it stars Patricia Clarkson. And it's like a it's like such a yuppie drama it's like um the description is when an affluent matriarch gathers her dysfunctional family for a holiday at their northern california lake house her carefully constructed weekend begins to come apart at the seams leading her to question her own role in the family are you living (laughs) (laughs) now come on now Now, come on now but uh and so i believe mary Kay place is like the friend of the mom who the kids can talk to you know what i mean oh i love that archetype oh yes. my god okay. judith lights in it as well okay <gasps> oh my god they're pandering to they're us pandering now us. i feel the, it's yeah the guy who wrote and directed mass fran kranz is in it <gasps> whoa yeah i've had enough 
Enough. <laughs> I've had enough. Back to Lorna. Yeah, the girl from yeah. Glee, Jayma Mays, is in it. <laughs> okay, I'm now. I've had enough. Yeah, like, got the cord. Got the cord. Um, okay, back to Lorna. Back to Amy Brenneman and Mary Kay Place. Uh, so they are arriving at a funeral, and this, of course, you know, we come to find out is her. I guess her ex-husband, and it's the. It's no, it's not her ex-husband's funeral. It's his next wife's funeral who i believe yeah uh, was also deaf because he's deaf uh and i think the the deceased wife was also deaf um yes so there's that sense of like lorna what are you doing here and i really love the inclusion of this character rebecca this pregnant woman friend who they like run into outside yes uh, i just yes. I, it was such a great like use of supporting character she got to like really have a moment you know she did. And that was the one that before they went in, right? Yes. That wasn't the one that she ran into the hallway where she was like. No, because. was that other? That yeah. other one was Lisa. Oh, that was Lisa. That was Lisa. Yes. Yeah. Which how, I thought that was so cool to use the supporting character from another story as the connect another connecting point in this story, you know? Um, yes. And then Lorna, Diana, and Damien talk about. Oh my gosh, I did not pick up on yeah, that. Yeah, Diana says something about Lorna and she's like, oh yeah, I don't really talk to any of them anymore. So like, and so it all does kind Whoa. of connect because like Lorna and Diana were clearly friends, but also so was Sonia, you know what I mean? Sonia and uh, Lisa are friends. You know, like, I, You can kind of see also those little triangulated relationships. Like there's a world where Diana and Sonia might even know each other. Yes, I need one of those like, <laughs> like a diagram, like what Dorinda did at the beginning of Ultimate. Yes, Girls exactly. Like, so Tamra and Vicky. <laughs> right, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm like that that Brazilian math meme woman, just like trying to do all the like the connections here. <laughs> yes, because uh, you said so many names. And I know. I'm like, I'm, I know. I, I mean, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by you because I, I was like trying to read my list and I was like, wait, who's Diane? Who's Diane? And I mean, the I don't even. Diane? The movie Diane. Oh, well, let's do <laughs> Diane. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Last weekend, read that synopsis again. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So yeah, this is it. Outside, she runs into Rebecca, and mm-hmm. uh, who's also in the movie Ten Tiny Love Stories and has a great monologue in that oh, as fun. well. Uh, but then as they're coming in, there's a woman who says like, you know, you shouldn't be here. And she shows up later at the motel as the night manager who's cleaning up Sandra's room. No. Yeah. And who's talking to Ruth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean this this whole I I actually really like this one. I love Lorna. I think this is a great. I like this one a lot too. They tell so much in 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, I think the reason why I didn't even recognize her later is because when she said, like, you shouldn't be here, I was like, oh, my God, run. I'm like, uh-huh. Amy, run, get out. of Like, it just made me want to crawl underneath the table that she had, like, because we don't know the story. We don't know the severity of, like, where Lorna is with everyone. But I guess we never quite find out. I mean, they're just divorced. So who knows if she like cheated on him or like what happened, but I was just so nervous about those sisters. I think what it was, was that they cheated while he was married and maybe they weren't, maybe he's not her ex-husband. Maybe she they were friends or they were previous lovers who, but in any event, she was the other woman in their marriage. Yeah. But everybody knows her. So clearly, you know, and I think she even says it was my husband. So it must've been the previous marriage. Um, Yeah. Ugh. And then eventually, very complicated. And then eventually, uh, 
you know, she and Andrew, played by William Fichtner, uh, who I've seen in everything. Uh, he's, Same. He, yes. He's got I kind of his face. Right. Like he could play like Tony Goldwyn's creepy brother, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I got that. Yes. Um, and so then they he like pulls her into some room and, you know, uh, they have a, a, a heated conversation about how he still thinks about her when he masturbates and he's and, you know, he still loves her. And and they have such an interesting sex scene. Like, I think it's a really cool sex scene in terms of like. It's it's very quick and it's very intense, it but like I feel like yeah, this probably wouldn't last long. Like there's so much pent up here, you know. Yeah, I again, my nerves were just getting the best of me. I, this is I, I liked that they did that. I, I was just nervous that someone was going to walk in, and when someone knocked on the door, I was like, did they even think about locking the door? I was just I know. I think I was like standing up. I couldn't like I couldn't focus. <laughs> but uh, right, right, because by the end, like he finishes, and then he she's just kind of like holding him, and then there's somebody knocking at the door, and of course he doesn't obviously doesn't hear that, and uh, and I love that. I love that final shot of her. Like there was something kind of maternal about the way that she was holding him. Um, mm-hmm. between her legs, you know? I know. And the sense is like, yes, the whoever is knocking on the door who say, hey, the sisters are here, is like about to open that door. Yeah, I also feel like this one had like the most people in it. It I did. Like it was the most busy. And like, because most of these are like four people or less, I feel. And I, I, I love that this is the most like ensemble of them all. Yeah, it had Lorna's parents, you know, Mary Kay Place and mm-hmm. her father played by Lawrence Pressman, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, and then, you know, Rebecca earlier and Lisa later, they have that whole conversation and, um, yeah. you know, and then obviously, yeah, uh, Andrew and yeah, it, it just, it, it did. It felt like there was a, a really rich world that we were kind of slipping into for 10 minutes. I just think like there is a whole movie in that story. Ugh. And Amy Brenneman is so good. She was great. Ugh, Amy Brenneman. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I know others. She has great hair. She has great <laughs> hair. I remember her in the movie Daylight. I can, I can account for that. Uh, but I don't think we've ever talked about her before either. Other than... I know. She's in The Leftovers, Colin. She's great in The Leftovers. Oh, that's right. I knew that. I yeah. knew that. I was like, no, wait a minute. We've definitely somehow talked about her. But you're right. She was in The Leftovers. Um, yeah, which you watched like. 10 minutes of because I forgot to tell you that a dog died. So yeah, that I a dog gets it. shot to death four minutes. And it was like, I <laughs> just so quickly. How dare you? So it was like, you know, thanks for the egg salad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to, you know, again, maybe not my favorite story, but I appreciate the Ruth narrative. Yeah, we love a Ruth. You know? We love a Ruth. I just feel like... Um, we love Sissy. Yeah. You know, this is the, I think it was just sort of that like textbook. I'm cheating on you scene. You know what I mean? I was yep. like, I've, I've seen this before. And I think honestly, when she went into the other room and got the shoe, that's the part that I enjoyed the most. Like I didn't need to see, you know, more of Henry. He's such right. a bozo in a way. He's, such he's a- like hot, but like, I don't know. He's such a, he's such a boob. He is a boob. He's and it's interesting. So you know, Henry played by Aiden Quinn, who I think you know, I I drink single malt. You can get it. Scotch yeah. with him in a crappy motel room if I had <laughs> yes, to. Same. Uh, but yeah, he I I think what was interesting about him is like kind of the contrast with her husband and and maybe the ways that they're like on rewatches. I feel like I could look at the ways in which her husband and Henry are similar, you know, and like maybe they're similar jokes they make or similar ways that they joke around or they, mm. they act or like what, or they're totally different. Like what drew her to Henry other than the fact that he, you know, is uh, 
does not need her, you know, her care in the same way. Um, well, he, let me ask you this. Sorry to interrupt no, you there in this sentence. Um, Henry is mentioned in the initial scene uh, with Samantha, the Samantha scene, and it's very quick. And did you catch that? No, I can't no, you're okay. blowing my mind. I'm glad that I, I caught this because it's something to do with. I mean, obviously, it's just like when um, when Ruth and Samantha are sitting on the bed, and like I don't know if it was like some sort of like after school thing, like or extracurricular activity, and Ruth says to Samantha, well, "What about Mr. Stanton? He's so handsome," or something like that, and it's very quick, and I can't remember. Ugh, I'm oh gonna have to go back and watch no, it. I remember you. I remember her, you saying. That. I remember her saying that, but I didn't put together that he was ha- Mr. Stanton. Yeah. So as soon as I heard, I don't know why. Or when they mentioned his name in this scene, but they said Stanton, I was like, wow. "Oh my God, it's Mr. Stanton." That's. But I can't remember some sort of like. It, it's a counselor at her school. She mentioned you know, who's the, oh, who's like that the counselor at your school. Yeah, Mr. Stanton. He's good. He's yes. good looking. That's so fucked up. That Ruth is not only not cheating with some like schmo that she met at like the Holiday Inn hotel bar. She's cheating with the with the school counselor of her daughter who's telling her oh yeah samantha could get, get in anywhere i guess he could get in anywhere too if you know yes. what i'm saying oh, hey yeah. yeah um wow oh i've never known that before so thank you for that i've never seen I'm, that detail that I'm makes this very interesting and actually in a way glad i caught it yeah, yeah. It's, it is cool yeah and i oh my gosh i could like smell the comforter in this hotel mm-hmm. room like i'm just like it's interesting because like I am a bougie man. I am not, but I have not stayed in a hotel or like a motel in a while. You know, mm-hmm. I've you know we're we're adults now. We could, you know, but like when I was younger, when my family would like go to Ocean City, like we would totally stay in a motel. You yes, know, we didn't like, super we didn't eight care. motel six. Yeah, we, we stayed in a lodge. Yep, yeah, absolutely. I know the smell. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. So it was comforting in a way, but also like I don't ever want to go back there. No, um, no. It it's a very uh, I, I feel like yeah. And what I think about is those motels that then become like residential in a way, and people pay like a monthly rate or whatever. And it's like, oh man, like I I, I feel like I've seen that in like documentaries and whatnot. Of like, oh, people, we've been living in this hotel for two years, and it's like, oh boy. I don't, that's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, it's, I, I think part of me actually as a kid, I've always been fascinated by hotels and hotel rooms. And so I think there's a child part of me that's like, you live in a hotel, but it's like, no, you live in a very small apartment. Yeah. Like a studio. Yeah. It's just, it's with no kitchen, like, you know, like it's not that glamorous. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You gotta a, get a hot plate. Hot plate. But, um, yeah. Yeah. But even him just like explaining, this is Henry, Mr. Stanton, like explaining that animal program, it just, it, it, he felt like, I don't know, it just like said so much about him that mm-hmm. he's like kind of a know-it-all and, you know, and Ruth is just like, oh, wow, and just kind of like goes with it, even though like, I feel like she herself knows that he's like just bullshitting her. Right, right. And I think that, you know, that's kind of the, like, where the narrative goes is she kind of identifies, you know where her life makes sense and where her people are. And, you know, and we see, you know, Ian McShane's character, you know, Larry talking about like your mother and I were, we're, you know, attached at the hip, you know, we're, we're in it for life. And so, um, you know, it's kind of a relief that she doesn't go through with this. And, uh, and I just love, I mean, it's such a small acting choice, but like the way she peels the the little crown off as she leaves the hotel room is just, it's a, it's a great, 
specific way of doing it that I really loved. Yeah, it like made me sad, but also like glad that she's choosing to just like walk away. And the mm-hmm. fact that he came back with the crowns, I was like, Henry, get out, get out. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Yeah. Well, and the oh, go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead. No, no. I think you were about to say the subplot, maybe. Uh, of, yes, like, this whole scene, the yeah. connecting storyline. Yes. Is, is yes. This is, uh, and so obviously, you know, there's no sense of what the the overall timing of this is, but this is either another incident or the night that. Uh, Sandra was Sandra. arrested. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Oh gosh. Well, then that brings us to Camille, uh, played by Kathy Baker, and I love this one. Oh, interesting. I I just like I find her insufferable, but I think like I, the character. Yeah. Of yeah. Camille. She is. And I was just I just wanted to slap her, but I I get it. You know what I mean? I. Yeah, go on. I go had on. to rewatch this one a number of times before I really appreciate it because there's ways in which it almost seems like the writing is clunky, you know, or it's like, mm-hmm. and sometimes I will say, like, what I've noticed with Rodrigo Garcia is sometimes some of his lines, it it, it becomes too flower, flowery to sound conversational like when she says like the thought of my little girl being alone in the world without me could crush me like an egg that's a line in a yes. book you yes. know um and i've just kind of accepted like this is kind of part of i guess his there can be like lisa gay hamilton has a lot of really poetic lines but she sells the shit out of them but i think mm-hmm. kathy baker has a more like realistic like i could see lisa gay hamilton doing shakespeare you know whereas like kathy yes. baker is so much more of like playing the woman next door like she's such a like a real character actress she's gonna be in steel magnolias down the street you yeah know I mean? yeah and so it doesn't make as much sense when someone like her says could crack me like an egg yeah just say like just leave out the egg no yeah eggs, right no eggs um though i've always loved there's this one part where she like she's like fidgeting in the bed and she goes i think she's like pulling it like almost like the tag at the back of her um gown she's like i just i just feel all fucked up like i've always loved that i just feel all fucked up uh <laughs> but really i mean in a way i i might have to even i i feel like there have been so many lately but like is there room for queen joe Montaigne? because i think he's amazing in this scene He's so good. And I another actor that's in everything. Yeah. And and he, I think the two of them have such interesting chemistry. I I believe it as a marriage. I fully believe him as a husband of that type of character. I think he's he's got this like schlubby Ray Romano thing going on. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's like a it's like a George and Martha sort of dynamic, you know. It's yeah. like he's he's swampy and she's just letting him have it and just like why do you why are you not saying anything why are you standing there like a robot you know like of course he's not saying anything i was just like shut the fuck up i would have just been but of course he knows what she's like and he knows that she's amped up so like what is he gonna say right to her i felt like what we were really seeing was just like this you know uh ingrained dynamic of of their relationship where they've been together forever and like he doesn't get rattled like he 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 barely ever like gets shaken or you know doesn't raise his voice at her except when she drops he drops her ring and she's like oh god oh shit oh shit that's bad luck and then he's like cut the crap and i always love that because i feel like that i just i love this dynamic it feels like i know these people and you know and of course in this scene which i i love the reveal that lisa k hamilton speaking of which uh appears here as her nurse 
I know. And I was like, oh, my God, no one knows what she's going through, which right. I love stuff like that. You never know. Right. You just don't. Because she is so calm and cool and collected here. And um, I love when she goes out to get the the saline bag and she comes back in and she's like, is this man bothering you? I'm going to go take a seat. I'm going to mm-hmm. call the police. And she and then she very quietly goes, I'm just kidding. And it's it's a great <laughs> yes. little moment. I'm just kidding. And. I just, I don't know. I loved all that. And then, of course, yeah, Mary Kay Place shows up as her anesthesiologist. And uh, it's this one is worth a rewatch because I really, I, this performance grew on me over time. I think uh, I've really come to love Camille, but Richard is my queen. And when she gets the sedative and then he, like, realizes that she's starting to go out of it and he kind of starts to smile and, like, laugh at what she's saying, I just melted. Yeah, I... This was not one of my favorites, but I I am more than willing to go back and look at it through this lens now and concentrate more on Richard because he is like the rock here because she is just like, I don't know, she was just like annoying me so much. Um, but, you know, once she kind of calms down, it's better, obviously. Like, it's like, and then like that, the line I said at the beginning, we're nothing, we're dreams and bones. It, it sounds like something out of Angels in America. Yeah. Like, we're dreams and bones and blood and bile. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. But she's so over the top. And like, she's getting a mastectomy. So like, it's like, we know that like, this is a huge operation. And like, she is just like, trying to process it and is clearly just angry. She's angry. Yeah, I, I, it's it's sort of like in some ways I feel like it's a different performance, but it's the way in which like Ruth Gordon and Rosemary's Baby, where it's like at first it doesn't hit the ear right, but I feel like once I watched it a few times, I was like, no, I think I love this. Uh, I've even gotcha. had that same thing about like Elizabeth Taylor and Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, where I'm like, sometimes I've the first few time I, times I watched that, I was like, this is so. Some of these lines are it's like wrong the way you're delivering them, but no, it's like no, it's perfect it's perfect yeah and i just uh you know <laughs> what you talking to me about elizabeth taylor for <laughs> <laughs> the weeds <laughs> what you talking to me about elizabeth taylor for <laughs> oh, that was good that was a good wrap up there. Yeah. um but anyway then that leads us to our final uh, life, our final of our nine lives, uh, and I was what I was thinking of you. I was like, were you sitting there wondering like when the fuck is Glenn Close gonna show up? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I was like, I'm waiting for you, Glenn. Yeah, so she is in the final story. It's just the, none of the other characters. It seems to be no connection to any of the other narratives, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just Glenn Close and Dakota Fanning, which I thought was like. Watching it, I was like, it's so cool to see these two actors just like doing an uninterrupted scene together. And like Dakota Fanning is a great little actress. I loved her in this. I I mean, I loved her. I I think everyone's entry point to her is I am Sam, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I and she's great in that. She's like she's one of my, if not my favorite sort of child actors, you know. Yeah, she's she's like the most precocious of like with a capital P. But like you're. She t- she acts like an adult, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. her acting style is so, I don't know. It just seems advanced. She's so mature for her age that I'm just like, I'm so enamored by her. And I was, and like, what happened to Dakota Fanning? Does anyone know? I feel like there's, I feel like Jody knows, you know? Well, I was just looking at her IMDb. She has not stopped working. It is. Okay. She has been like, I, I had the same thought of like, oh, 
else. But like, she literally has not stopped working and has like, yeah, she's she's in some new. Was she in? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. oh, well, she was in that first lady series. I guess she played uh, Betty Ford's oh. daughter. Um, yeah, there's like a ton of stuff. So I had the same thought of like, she's... man, we haven't seen her in a while, but she's she's busy. She was in something really recently that I was like. And she was, oh, was she in like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? She was, and she played Squeaky Fromm, yeah. Yes, I remember that. I was like, yeah, and like, yeah, I mean, she has worked consistently, but like, I I guess I just haven't followed her movies, so I, to to me, it felt like she dropped off the face of the earth, because I just thought she had such a bright future ahead of her that like, I would be seeing her in more of these prestige roles. How old is she now? She was born in 94. Oh, oh the, so was she 20 to 28? No. Um, yeah, 28. Yeah, I'm like a plus four, the two. Yeah, yes. carry the one. Well, it looks like there's gonna be some t- new TV series that's just been announced called Rodham about Hillary Clinton, and she will be playing some variation of Hillary Clinton. Uh, okay, in 2022, she's also in this something called Ripley, and I'm like, is it about Alien? Uh, no, Ooh, it's about a grifter named cool. Ripley living in New York during the 1960s, but okay, she'll be, she plays someone named Marge Sherwood in that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, it, it'll be interested to see like with the next, I don't know, the next thing that she's in that kind of like gets into uh, like our atmosphere. Cause I, I don't really have a sense of what she's like as an adult actress, you know? Yeah. Maybe that's like, she was such a good child actor that like. I mean, but she's still working, so like clearly she's good. I'm just, I'm, I would love to see her like a resurgence uh, yeah, because like, she's so great in this. Yeah, Oscar consideration, things like that, you know. Yeah, a Golden Globe nomination. We'll start there. We'll start or, like there. an Emmy, you know, like yeah. something, something unexpected. Yeah. Well, in this last story, speaking of unexpected, uh, Glenn Close plays Maggie, who's uh, having a picnic in a graveyard with Maria, who we find out is her daughter, and certainly, um, I don't know how how quickly it occurred to you that like, huh, something's weird about this or if it did at all, but like certainly Maggie seems a bit old to be Maria's mother. Yeah. I, I didn't, I want to say that I, it took me a while, first of all. And I, you know, the twist at the end, I did not know. I was like, Whoa. But I think I really started to suspect something when she actually said like, I'm old or something like that. And then like when she went, Yeah, and then when she went off and like, was she drinking booze? Like, what was that? Like, what yes. was in that thermos? I yeah. I think that I think that the thermos was definitely full of booze. Um, and yeah, she you know it, it it's actually like it's not a story that I go back and like rewatch often, but watch, rewatching it again this time, I really appreciated how like Glenn Close was very similar to how we were just saying about Kathy Baker. It's it seemed like a weird sort of affectation. Glenn was just like natural. She was just organic butter, you know. It was just, it was yep. so effortless. Glenn's so good at this, you know. And again, this is the only scene that I really noticed that it was a single take, which mm-hmm. is the last scene of the movie. But yeah, just like them walking through the cemetery and setting up, like I was like, what? Again, just like trying to figure out what's going on and like who they're. And I was like, oh, it's probably like their dad, I guess, or something like that. Like, who knows who's? I mean, obviously, you figure it out at the end that. It's like a sixth sense situation mm-hmm. and um, that she's not really or, you know, the, the daughter Maria is not really with us. And it's just Glenn Close in mourning the entire time, but having a conversation with her, which I thought was 
perfect. Yeah, it's a it's a great little story, you know, and she leaves with a the bunch of grapes at the end and and Yeah, I like that. It was like and I felt like for as sad as like all of these stories are like different levels of sadness. And this one I think I was glad that when they revealed that she was alone, it wasn't her like laying alone on the blanket curled up. Like it was her already packing up because it wasn't. Yeah, I loved it. it yeah. Like yes. I, I felt like it was like, okay, back to reality. She's okay. She's, you know, this is just part of the, the grieving process. But there was a sense that like, even as she's saying, like everybody moves on, everything moves on. Like there was some sense that this is part of her process of moving on. And so it didn't feel any of the other stories, almost all any of them would have been too sad to end the movie on. This one had a little bit of hope. Yeah, I I liked that it was, you know, it was a beautiful day in the cemetery. It was just like, all right, I'm going to go home and make some dinner and, yeah, you know, figure out what I'm doing later. I, I, I really like this one a lot. And they got to see the cat who has the run of the place and, you know, yeah. she eats there, she poops there, you know, maybe she even poops at the graves. So in case anyone was like, why were you talking about poop at the beginning of this episode? I just thought I should. I know. So out of character. Yeah, I know. I don't know who she is. Um, So, uh, so that's nine lives. That is, uh, yes, a high recommend to revisit, you know, even just your favorite stories because I, I love this movie and oh, definitely check out 10 tiny love stories. I could even give you like, cause you don't necessarily need to watch all of them. They don't have any connection, yeah. but I could certainly recommend like, Oh, just watch the Lisa Gay Hamilton one. And like, you know, you'll be hooked. I would love that. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll be your best supporting assignment. Oh, I, don't right. know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, did you have any other thoughts before, uh, we, we end this one hour and 10 minute continuous take? No, before we pack up our blankets and stuff them back in the bag. Um, no, I feel good. I'm so glad that you rec- that we're, we did this episode, and now I have these, you know, these little vignettes under my belt, and you know, Lisa Gay Hamilton, right again, right, and like eventually we're gonna do that movie last weekend. I can feel it. I can feel it. Yeah. And maybe the movie Diane. But first things first. Ooh. I know. First things first. We're getting played off though. Uh, it, because it knows we're getting too excited. Um, so before we do the movie, Diane, and before we do the best supporting after show and anything else, where can folks find more of you? They can find me on my other two podcasts, uh, the squirrel friends cocktail hour, where Amanda Kaczynski, friend of the pod and myself are recapping the all-star seven winter season of RuPaul's drag race and the good vanilla which is a barefoot contessa podcast and you can follow me on instagram and twitter at nick kachanov how about you colin well you could find more of me on my other two podcasts whether it be in the details a celebration of nuance or best supporting nope that's the one i'm on all right mary (laughs) uh where we're also covering uh all-star seven and uh we just kicked off we have uh, our the first episode on the main feed uh our coverage of season three of canada's drag race so amanda so uh (laughs) just a reference for people listening or getting um but uh anyway you can also obviously find more of me on instagram at colin drucker underscore and both of us in a best supporting capacity at bsa pod or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And finally, give those peepers a appeal, will you? Because we will be coming out shortly with the Best Supporting After Show, where we are going to continue the discussion, uh, particularly on the things we've been watching, our Best Supporting Assignments, our BSAs of the Week. 
uh, and who knows what else. You never know what's going to come up on that. But uh, the best way to find out is to join us at patreon.com slash bsapod. Get on over to Patreon, y'all. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Well, that means that I need to go and you need to go so that we can start a new track. So that means that, as they say, is that's. <laughs>